Welcome to The Secret Life of Dietitians. I'm Laura Poland. And I'm Amy Keller. It's new year, new you, isn't it? Yes. I, I just got tired of hearing all these ads, right? My social media feed. Oh, yeah. On January 1st. Just, <laughs> it was insane. It went, I don't know if it somehow can tell I'm a dietitian. I don't know what was going on, but it was literally every ad was for a weight loss service. And again, I don't know if that's just standard fare for everyone or if it can tell I do nutrition things, but it got, I, I spent literally all week hiding ads yeah. in my social Every so commercial. If you are part of the onslaught of New Year, New You, and you're tired, I would like you to stay with us today as we talk about lowering that New Year's pressure, New Year's noise, and just making better changes that can get 2022 off to a better start for everybody. So stay with us. So welcome back. And yeah, it's 2022. And uh, I can't believe it's already towards the end of January. I feel like maybe these ads are starting to go away, but I don't know. I just... The New Year's resolution train continues. I actually just did a talk at a local community group in the town that I work in about a solution for your resolution. You know, the statistics that I shared is that, you know, after the first of the year, 75% of people who've made a resolution have still kept it. The week after, after two weeks, it drops to 64%. Um, these resolutions are hard to keep. And many of the time, it's because we set unrealistic expectations for ourselves. And in many ways, I believe that is brought on by advertising. By yes. that noise, by that pressure. That pressure, yeah. Stuff. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So what, what have you seen with your clients? I mean, I know you're getting started with a program and, and what have you seen? So it's interesting because I think the first part of January was very, very quiet. And I think for a lot of dietitians, it is. And it's kind of sad because I, I'm like, I wish people would be reaching out instead of trying all these things first, right? And well, interesting. You're reaching out to somebody, but it's not you. It's not dietitians. Yeah, it's yeah. not. And, and dietitian visits can be covered by insurance. So, you know, uh, it might not even cost you anything. And then these companies are trying to get so much money out of you and get you to think about supplement. I mean, it's, it's coming from everywhere, it seems like right now. It's not just, you know, your Weight Watchers, Noom, Jenny Craig, but it's, you know, vitamins and mineral supplements and you should be doing this and then workouts and join this gym and, and, you know, it's all that pressure that's out there right now. Uh, so, you know, things pick up for us dietitians. As you said, like when you did your talk that, you know, people start realizing that they're not going to be able to meet their New Year's resolutions. And so that's when they might consider reaching out to a dietitian. And so I thought it'd be nice to just talk to you about like why maybe some tips that we can share with you today, but just why you might reach out for a dietitian sooner than later. I mean, number one, right. it might be covered by your insurance, you know, and it might not cost you anything or maybe right. just a copay. Right. I've always felt like dietitians and maybe it's just, it is the nature of the beast. We're not flashy. Right. You know, we don't right. have beautiful commercials. Sometimes I wish we did. 
Because I know. I feel like one thing that dietitians are not very good about, and you're better at than than most, is marketing. You know, it's not, you know, a, a flashy, wonderful commercial that draws you in. It's much more, you know, sensible, I guess, than that. Much more um, moderate than that, and that right. doesn't sell. No. If you go to any, if you go to Barnes and Noble or you go to Amazon and you look for books about weight loss, maybe you know if we get into specialty nutrition, dietitians write more. But truly, books about weight management are really not typically written by dietitians. Yeah, there are some out there, but but it's yeah. the exception and not right. the rule. Exactly. Um, usually, they're written by celebrities or wellness gurus, but people without a true dietitian background. Like I said, once you get into the specialty diets, celiac disease, things like that, I see much more dietitian written stuff, but right. that's a little bit more different. That's a little different. Than, sure. Than so I, I like your approach with this, and you're going to share some tips today that really take the focus off the flashy. And right. in one, you know, one thing when I was giving this talk, talked about is that if you hate what you're doing, if you've made a resolution that is unrealistic to so much that you hate it, right. it is unlikely you'll be successful in the long term. So the example I give is if you've decided I want to lose weight and I want to do it on a low-carb diet, okay, well, how do you feel about bread? Do right. you love bread? Do you love pasta? Do you like sweets? Then this is probably not sustainable because you're going to hate it. Right. You're like, hey, I could go without bread for the rest of my life, and I mm -hmm. love meat and what vegetables. Then maybe it is the right plan for you. Right. But if you're like, I can't imagine going the rest of my life without a nice piece of sourdough bread, then this this is not sustainable. Right. Um, and I get so torn because I yeah I I get a lot of people who come to me and they they just want direction right they want structure they yep. you know they. They really want structure, and what we tend to talk about might not be that structured. And yeah. but it, it is, but it isn't. So I guess I that's where I kind of go back and forth all the time. I do kind of have rules for myself that I go by and live by. And so anyway, yeah. So let's talk about some of these tips, even though they might not be that flashy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I have 10 tips and we'll try to go through them pretty quickly. I, I, um, you know, the first and second are just eat more fruits, eat more vegetables. Right. And this is not flashy. This is what I, I love your approach because this is something that I just really started using in client counseling is talking about additions to meals instead of subtractions. Yes. Um, doing it personally too and I just I like it because I'm like okay if I want to get a sandwich at work and I'm going to bring in my cherry tomatoes and my bowl of fruit yeah so I'm happy that with the sandwich and that you know what that keeps me from doing is grabbing a bag of chips yeah you know I yeah. have my additional items to my but not that I couldn't have the chips but I have my items that I add to my sandwich right and that is saying well I need a bag of chips on so oh I have cherry tomatoes and fruit right and so then you might not feel like you need to eat the chips and you're totally right. fine not eating the chips. So, right. the so making that focus of that produce that we've talked about so many times here, you know, just having that produce present at your meal and snacks is really, really important. So making sure, because it does, the fruits and vegetables 
even though it's not flashy, but if you do include them, then you're less likely to eat, like you said, the potato chips or the other things that you could have gotten with your sandwich, maybe that because you brought them and you had them with you, you know what I mean? And you were, you were uh, focused on those uh, fruits and vegetables first. And just a reminder to everyone, and I know we've hit this to death, but frozen and canned are fine. Right. Yes. They are fine. Frozen, know, canned, right? and dried. I, I know. Right. right. Here's the thing. We are in a situation now where we're in the middle of winter here. It's snowing like crazy, you know, mm-hmm. out here today. You, you know, you're not going to have good luck finding fresh berries right now. Right. That are going to taste good. So get frozen strawberries. It's completely fine. It's yeah. completely fine. Right. And I know cans get a, a dirty word, dirty name of canned things. Right. But believe it or not, canned fruits and vegetables have just as much nutrition in many ways. Mm-hmm. And if you're so you know paranoid about the sugar, then just drain them. Right. It's drain them, rinse them. Yeah. Yeah. Not that difficult. Get them packed so, in juice. Yeah. Any fruits and vegetables that you add to your diet, the better off you are. Yes. And I love it because like, you know, we have, we have meals that are, you know, sometimes maybe not the healthiest. We have Chinese food, mm-hmm. but if I add some sliced up red pepper with my Chinese food. Yeah. Great. It's yeah. great. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So Meat having those vegetables are always the best. Right. My go-to is sometimes like just having salad or lettuce around so that I can make a quick salad. Uh, salad kits for lunches are good for me because I can just go down and make it really quickly. But I also, also well, we'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> so, so that's no, tip number one and two. Eat more eat more fruits and then eat more vegetables. But what, what are your best tips for people who are like, well, I don't like any fruits and vegetables? Or, you know, I have those clients, and I know you do too, who it's corn only. Right. Yes. Um, What kind of things do you suggest in those situations? Right. So we we kind of explore a little bit and see sometimes uh, it goes both ways, right? Some of my clients, they're like, yeah, I just don't like raw vegetables, but I'll do cooked. Or they don't like cooked, but they'll do raw. So, you know, maybe think about how those vegetables are. Are they cooked? Are they raw? Are they, if you haven't tried roasted vegetables, I encourage that because it brings on a whole new flavor to some of the vegetables that you can consume. And if you're not a big fruit eater and you want to focus all on vegetables, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. If you want, if you're not a big vegetable eater, maybe we focus more on fruits and we just have more fruits because they all have the fiber, the benefits that we're looking for. I was very surprised this week. We had roast one night and then I decided to turn that into vegetable soup. And I was kind of tiptoeing around this with my husband who really doesn't like much of anything vegetable wise. Uh-huh. I was like, so if I made this into some vegetable soup, would you eat? He's like, oh, I love vegetable soup. I'm like, how did I not know this? <laughs> oh. You realize there's like carrots and celery and green beans and all these things he normally hates. He's like, oh, I love him soup. I'm like, oh, for Pete's sakes. Oh, wow. Yes. He's been falling <laughs> down on vegetable soup all week. And I'm like, Ooh. yes. Yes. I have a, a, a client who has this family recipe soup and, and she realized that, hey, 
it's vegetable based. It's pretty high in vegetables. This is actually a really good thing for me to do because it it gets me to eat a vegetable and I hadn't thought about that. So yes, for sure. Soups can be a great way to get vegetables in also. Right. I love that. That's great that you found that. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, I think. um, And dips, you know, maybe it takes doing raw vegetables with a dip. Uh, I especially like to consider like getting I've I've gotten people who had never had it before, but would dip then in hummus like baby carrots and hummus is a great, easy go to vegetable. But yeah, or if you prefer the cooked even putting a little sprinkled a little cheese on your vegetables like broccoli or cauliflower with a little cheddar cheese. So good. So yeah. yeah. A tablespoon of cheddar cheese is not a bad thing. No. On vegetables. No. And if it gets you to eat the vegetables rather than not eat the vegetables, you're better off to use that tablespoon of cheddar cheese. Yep. Than to not eat the vegetables at all. Exactly. Yep. That's the way I feel about dips too. So Focus on eating more fruits, more vegetables. All right, what's next? Next is just move more, okay? So number three is move more. The goal would be being active 30 minutes each day, but if you're not doing anything, let's just do five minutes, you know, find a way to take a break at some point and do five minutes of activity, uh, you know, depending on where you are, shoveling snow, doesn't have to be exercising, but just moving more. Can you go to a bathroom that's way further away so you get more steps in? People don't, people think about exercise a lot during New Year's, but really what is, what is really important is your lifestyle steps. So those are just as important as exercise. Yeah, we want you to get your heart rate up, up to 30 minutes most days, but let's just start with, are you being active? Because those people that go to the gym and then just sit around all day long, other than that, that's not healthy either. We need to do both. So let's just think about moving more. If you're sitting at a desk job all day, could you stand up every you know, 30 minutes, set an alarm and just stand in place, get a standing desk instead of a sitting all the time? Uh, anything you can do to move more. This has been happening to me at work because um, I'm in a very small office. I share it with another person in the, in the time of COVID. I am reticent to be in this small of a space with somebody else, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't care if we're both masked or whatever, but you know, right. it's so this Omicron is so transmissible. I'm like, if one of us has this, we're both going to have it and we both can't be out. Right. So since before Christmas, I have found kind of a quiet cubby hole in another part of the hospital, but my printer remains in my office. Oh. So the cubby hole is three floors away from my <sighs> office. So if I want to print something, then I have to go three flights of stairs down, three flights of stairs up to print something. But this is great. Yeah. Because I have noticed my steps have tripled during the day than what they normally are if I'm just sitting in the office. So while it's not necessarily the most convenient thing, it is forcing me to get up. It is forcing me to walk. And that is awesome. Sometimes I even walk out of work at the end of the day with 30 minutes of Apple activity and I haven't even exercised. And See? I love that. Yes. I love that. Yeah. 
That's awesome. That's what I'm talking about is just finding those ways to get some extra movement into your day uh, can be so helpful. So think about it. Are you moving enough? Move more. Uh, Get those steps in. And yeah, when you're ready for it, exercise is great too. We definitely want the exercise there too. Uh, You know, cardio five days a week at 30 minutes is the recommendation from the American College of Sports Medicine. Strength training two to three times a week. Do that flexibility stretching every day if you can. So, yep. all right. so that's my move more. All right. Th- this one makes everyone groan. Everyone hates this one. All right. Tip number four is sleep more. So be sure to get that, you know, seven to nine hours of sleep every day. And right. so I know how hard that can be to do. Right. It, you know, I, I think whether you're a night person or an early riser, there's a way to make your sleep schedule work for you, hopefully. Right. And part of it sometimes is prioritization. Um, at least for me, you know, sometimes we can be sitting here watching TV at night and I think, you know what, I'm tired. Why am I just sitting here staring at the TV? Mm-hmm. You know, I could sit here and stare for another 30 to 45 minutes or I could just go to bed. Right. I'm tired. Yeah. And I think that sometimes you just have to say it's a priority to try to get to bed at 10 p.m. If you have to get up at six or if you have to get up at five, trying to get to bed a little even earlier than that. You know, as much as we'd like to say we can catch up on sleep on the weekends, our bodies don't work that way. Right. The body needs consistent rest. And I know it's hard to settle down. Um, I know it's hard to get your mind to turn off, especially now. But if there's ways you can do some relaxation, do some yoga, something like that, just yep. to calm yourself at bedtime. Um, I'm a big believer in the hot shower before bed yes. because your body cools off in bed. That is actually induces additional sleep. So yep. that's great. Yes, uh, that's that's a great tip. I know a lot of people who do that try to take a shower right before bedtime, uh, adding in reading. So like you said, turn off the electronics and then just read for a little while. Uh, I'm not one of those people that when I start reading, I can't stop because I know that's another struggle that some of my clients have talked about, you know, so we're reading along, but then next thing you know, it's two o'clock in the morning. And so that's not good. So if you have a good book, you know, you might want to not read right before bedtime, maybe, or just set limits on uh, reading a chapter. That's my goal is to just read one chapter. And it helps calm me down a little bit, get gets my mind off of other things. Right. Um, one thing my husband got through his college uh, was the Calm app a subscription to it? And oh I yes, he, he's not using it. But I was like, well, if you're not going to use it, I'll use it. Uh huh. Oh yeah, I love it. There's all different kinds of bedtime meditations during the day stuff. If you want music, if you want uh, somebody to read a story to you, I mean, uh-huh. it will do it for you. It's a pretty good value, and I've been very impressed with the the content that's on it. And there are other ones like that. I'm sure you can pull stuff up on YouTube for free yeah. if you don't want to pay for an app. But there's a lot that's available. Yeah, my husband likes to sleep with music. There's meditations off of Spotify. You know, there, there's all kinds of things you can do to... Um, I don't do well with music. <laughs> like yeah. actual actual listening to music because yeah. I, it, for me, my mind is thinking about the music then. 
And, right. but like if it's just noises or sounds or some of those meditation type uh, music, that's fine. That's fine yep. for me. So. All right, so we do need to work on the sleeping more. That's when we reset our hunger hormones. We, you know, have, there's a lot of reasons why we need sleep, uh, but it does play a role with what you eat too. So it's important for that. Right, there's all kinds of interesting research about even craving carbs if you're short on sleep. Mm -hmm. If you feel like you're out of control around carbs, it could be that you're not getting enough rest. There was one study where they had, young men who they were you know, somewhat sleep deprived, couple hours short each night. And when they showed them pictures of junk foods, the pleasure centers in their brains lit up huh. more uh-huh. because they were short on sleep. Very interesting research. Yeah. So if you're feeling like cravings are doing you in, yep. might be, you know, in addition to making sure you're eating regularly enough, looking at as much sleep as you're getting. And the other thing is if we sit up at night, I've said this 10 times before, nobody, nobody raids the veggie tray at 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> right. That's what we reach for those sweet, carby, settle ourselves down snacks. And if you're not awake, if you're gone to bed, you're not going to eat those things. Right. Yes. Right. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> yes. Hopefully you're, unless you're sleepwalking, right? So, <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Tip number five is drink more. All right. Be sure to drink enough fluids. What we're looking for is a pale yellow urine. Uh, Everyone asks me how many ounces they need. I don't know. What I want to know is what's the color of your urine. And then I can give you some guidance as to maybe let's try to work on drinking more fluid or let's try and drinking less fluid. I have some people who have clear urine. That's not necessary. We, We don't necessarily need it to be clear. Right. And if you and if water's not your jam, there are right. so many other ways you can do it. One thing I've been noticing, and I think it's just the N95 that I now wear all day, every day, yeah. is that I often forget to drink fluids. Um, I think we talked about this before, but I'm now, like every afternoon, I'm going down to my office, my <laughs> cubby hole, no steps, and I'm getting my mug, and I'm having a cup of hot herbal tea every afternoon. That is 99.999% water. Right. Yeah. With flavoring. Right. Right. So I'm drinking water in the afternoon without feeling like I'm drinking water. Yes. Oh, I know I've said this many times, but yeah, my water is decaf iced tea all day long. So that's what I drink because I like a little flavor to it. I like a little, I just don't like plain water to me having tea. Right. Gives it a little bit of a flavor and, you know I, I watch people walking around with gallon jugs you know yeah especially guys in the gym. I, you know i don't know i don't <laughs> feel like that's completely necessary if that makes you drink more water by hauling it around in a gallon jug i guess good for you yeah. um but yeah having a bottle of water with you if you're thinking about getting something to drink and you're like oh should i get pop or should I, you know, just just get water and if you know i said if you need sparkling water to get it down great. yes that's a tip that a lot of my clients do. Sparkling water, they just need that carbonation. So yep. sel- seltzer yep. water is great. Yep. Yep. All right. Nin- number six is cook more. And I think we've all been kind of doing that with COVID. <laughs> Maybe. It's been the silver lining of COVID. Right? <laughs> we, we, I couldn't tell you the last time we ate in a restaurant. Right. Yeah. I could tell you, but then I also got COVID. So <laughs> now, though, that I've had COVID, I can 
Now I can go to restaurants. Hey, PSA, you did great. You're in great shape. Your vaccine worked. Right. Yes, you got COVID, but you didn't get very sick. Right. And that that is our my my kid had COVID this week. Mm -hmm. He was literally sick for twelve hours. That's awesome. I mean, it's not good that he got COVID, but yeah. But you know what? The vaccines and the boosters they work. Right. Because you didn't get very sick and I didn't have to see you at, at our hospital. Yes. Nope. Hospital. You did not have to see me. I, I just, yeah, I got a free vaccine. I didn't have to spend any money on any medications and I'm fine. I recovered just fine. And now I feel like I might be able to go to restaurants and that type of thing. So, uh, yeah, cooking at home is great. And it's right. a great way to save money, but also to always save calories. I mean, maybe right. my grocery bill is higher than it normally is, but you know, we now make a plan for the week of cooking more. Yeah, but uh, uh, even your grocery bill being larger, there's no way you would have spent so much more money eating out than you would have uh, at the grocery store. So, uh, but it takes planning, but cooking more can be so beneficial to, like you said, if you're trying to control calories, uh, but it also, it, it, it helps you to make sure that it's balanced, right? Our number one and number two goals of adding more fruits and vegetables. And so when you cook more, you also can be controlling sodium. If you have high blood pressure or you have a reason to worry about sodium, uh, it can, it can help with, um, cholesterol, other things you just, you're in much more control of. Right. So if cooking more is, you know, still a struggle for you, looking for ways to make it easy, or sometimes Mm -hmm. I even call it fake homemade, you know, get a roasted chicken from the grocery store and add spice. It doesn't mean you have to roast the chicken from the bird. Right. That's not what I'm talking about. If that's overwhelming, right. Right. Get a bag of frozen ravioli, add some sauce, have a bread, have a salad, and you have a very balanced easy, 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 easy meal. Exactly. Exactly. And start, you know, so I have a lot of people who are just not sure where to start with cooking. I highly encourage you to consider things like HelloFresh and Blue Apron and those types of things. A lot of times it, it, it can be expensive to begin with, but you'll get the recipe. You'll actually go through and actually cook a meal and realize what you need to do to do it and get that comfort. And then you can actually keep that recipe, go to the grocery store, get what you need and be right. good to go and do it on yep. your own again. So yeah, I, I did. We did HelloFresh a few months ago. Mm-hmm. And boy, if I could, oh, you know, it's hard <laughs> when you're worth feeding the teenage boy. Right. But I was thinking like this may be my retirement, like my empty nester meal plan. Right. Uh, it was fantastic. Yeah. Everything turned out. It was all delicious. So easy. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this may be what we do once we're out of kids. Right. Now, see, I'm already out of kids. And, you know, the thing is, the cool thing for us that I've found recently is, and, and I want to clarify this, when I say cook more, it doesn't necessarily mean cooking every night. I'm not cooking every night. I buy the large packages of chicken still even for just the two of us. And what I'll do is trying to think of what I did this week. I made something with the chicken one night and uh, I don't know, just chicken and baked potatoes and a vegetable or something. I then took the remaining chicken in the package and I marinated it. And then the next time I cooked it, I made it with a 
pasta and did a pesto with it. And now I've got, and then I cooked all of that chicken at the same time, the marinated chicken. And now I'm going to use it again to put it over salads for lunches or, you know, so we can go through a whole packet of chicken uh, and you don't have to rush it. Oh, I know what I did. I did chicken and dumplings the first time. I, I And then we grilled it, and then I've got leftover grilled now. So, you know, cook more does not necessarily mean be in the kitchen a lot either. Right. And so. use your slow cooker. We use our slow yes. cooker at least three times a week. Yep. In fact, that's what we do. We make a big slow cooker pot of chicken, mm-hmm. and then we use it in everything. We make chicken and noodles out of it. We throw it in wraps. You know, we freeze the stuff that's already cooked, uh-huh. and then you just have to unthaw it to in the microwave to use it. Right. Yeah. That's the that's the other great tip is yeah anything leftover, uh, slice it up and freeze it, and it's like you have your own grilled sliced chicken strips. So. Yep. All right. So this next one, what's inspired us to lose to be mindful and set resolutions this year and everything is that maybe we we need to lose weight. So I do talk about my tip here is to create a calorie deficit, but do not overdo it. So if you're somebody who's drinking a couple pops a day, you can save yourself, you know, depending on how big they are, almost 500 calories a day just by cutting out pop and switching to diet. If you can create a 500 calorie deficit a day, you will lose about a pound a week. If you struggle with that, that's when you need to go talk to a dietitian, have them look at your numbers with you. But the other thing is don't overdo it. The the one thing I'd love for everybody to know right now who's on MyFitnessPal or any of those apps, they should not let you say, especially if you're a woman, that you want to lose more than a pound a week. Right. Because what they'll do then is they'll create a deficit of a thousand calories a day. Well, that's going to put you in a world of <laughs> hurt and you just, you're just, you're going to sabotage everything you're going to try to do. It's right. easier to create smaller deficits, about a pound a week weight loss. You'll be on, I think that's the goal that people should aim for. So right. setting up that realistic idea there. Right. And we all know that if you've worked in this area long enough, or if you've ever even been on a diet, you know that weight loss isn't always linear. You know, sometimes you'll lose a half a pound a week and sometimes you'll lose three. And it's okay to have those changes and to remember that the scale is not the ultimate judge of success because the scale is impacted by if you're a woman, if your period is coming, if you have had too much salt the night before, you're going to see that reflected on the scale the next morning. You know, so if your bladder is full, I mean, just <laughs> right. all the your time and day you weigh, your scale is on the fritz. Yeah. I mean, there are so many things that is that are you know not necessarily you're going to see a discipline one pound every week like clockwork. Right. That just isn't how it works. I'm so glad you said that because honestly, I would be okay if my clients just weighed themselves once a month. You know, right. because of everything that you just mentioned, hormones and more, it's not a true plateau unless you've stayed the same for four four weeks in a row anyway. So, right. you know, think, focus on the things that we've been talking about and the tips we've been doing. F- see how you feel by doing these things and focus on that, not focus just on the scale 
And then the scale should change for you and maybe just wait a month and you might be pleasantly surprised. So, okay. And then this next one is eat to satisfy your appetite. This is one of the things that I think happens a lot with all of these Weight Watchers, Noom, you know, and especially keto, you know, making sure that you're eating carbs and protein and a little bit of fat when you eat, because otherwise you're just not going to be satisfied and you're going to be looking for more. So you you have have that apple that your app tells you is an X number of calories. And I'm going to have this apple as my snack. And you wonder why an hour later you're hungry again. Yeah, well, your app didn't tell you that putting a tablespoon of peanut butter with you would have really helped. Right. And be more satisfied. It would have really helped. Exactly. Um, and yes, it's more calories. Oh, no, it's more calories. Right. But you're going to be satisfied for longer and eat less calories. Our bodies are so super smart. Yeah. That by restricting, 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 or eating just fruits and vegetables and no fat and no protein, you can play that trick on your body for a few hours, mm-hmm. but it will make up for it at a later time during the day. Right. Right. That's how our bodies work. It always works that way. So I know we've talked about that a lot here on the, the show too. All right. So, and then two more goals. This is, or two more tips, sorry. The next tip is avoid skipping meals. So eating throughout the day. So in that same vein, like you, you know, we were just talking about making sure it's satisfying. It'll be easier to do that if you're eating also throughout the day. If you're not, and I have a lot of people who are going to that intermittent fasting right now. Do you see that a lot right now? Yes. And you know, it's, so the funny thing is I've noticed that if I eat um, something before bedtime or eat a larger snack before bedtime, sometimes I'm not hungry in the morning. Right. Breakfast time. And that's okay to occasionally do that. Right. You know, you balance out those calories, but it is, our bodies are not designed to go long, long periods without eating. Like I said, our bodies are much smarter than we give them credit for, and we will make up for it at a later time. And you will overeat at a later time. Um, And the other thing is it's not a great quality of life type of diet, especially if you're doing, you know, where you're, let's say you're a third shift worker and you're eating during your shift or not eating during your shift. Well, you're not going to feel good during shift if you're not eating, you know, because you have to fast, you know, during that time, it it, it may not work for you. Yeah. I, I, I don't know about you. I find if I eat a good balanced breakfast, I am way less cravy the rest of the day. I was telling my husband this the other day. We have started doing steel cut oats in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed that after lunch, I no longer need a piece of chocolate. Isn't that strange? That is strange. I know. Yeah, it's... I'll my lunch and I'm just like, I have chocolate in the office <laughs> and it doesn't appeal to me. Right. I'm like, eh. I can move on. Right. right. I used to be like, I had to have something sweet after lunch. Uh-huh. To, and it just doesn't appeal to me. Right. And I really wonder if that fiber from the oats mm-hmm. really is just keeping me more satisfied. Absolutely. I can't tell you how many clients we start working on eating breakfast and they realize how much of an impact it has. It has such a big impact on the eating throughout the day and just the energy levels. You feel better. You have more energy to do what you want to do. And so eating breakfast, I always recommend within an hour or two of getting up and then every time you're hungry, but no more than four to five hours throughout the day, you should be eating something. Right. So, all right. My last tip is just planning ahead. And it's not just, exactly. This is actually 
Right. So need to exercise and sleep. Right. None of the right. big t- tips we've talked about will happen if you're not planning. So I, I think I saw a meme just today, or it was just about if you mean planning is planning, you know, as I'm eating something, then yes, I plan. <laughs> so <laughs> to a certain degree, it can be in the moment planning, especially if you're ordering carry out, if you're going to a restaurant and looking at a, you know, um, um, you're planning what you're going to eat, sure, when you order. Uh, but I'm really talking about you're not going to have the fruits and vegetables in the house. You're not going to be able to cook more if you're not thinking ahead and planning for it. So like you said, with your steel steel, steel cut oats, uh, you know, if it, it, I've had clients that's like, oh, no, it ran, I ran out of my oatmeal, but I had my chariot, you know. So, I mean, that happens. And, and, and it, meal planning doesn't have to be 100% all the time. And also planning for backup is important. So we talk about that a lot, too, is what, what can you have? That was the thing I talked about in my, my community talk this week was not hating it, but also having a plan B. Yes. Because much as we'd like to think that everything goes smoothly, you know, last week, like I said, my kid got COVID and our entire week just, (laughs) you know, like we were just frantic. It felt like all, like, are we going to get this? What's going on? Thinking about, okay, we can't do this. We can't do that. And it it really, when you have that kind of stress, you don't make the best decisions. So having that plan B, we let ourselves have McDonald's one night last week because we're like, I do not feel like cooking. I do not want to deal with anything. I just want to eat. Yeah. And and that's, that's okay. Right. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, I hope you've enjoyed my 10 tips here and, and hopefully it can take away some of that pressure that you might be feeling right now. And, you know, resolutions are great. I don't think that you know, if they're not realistic, though, and they're not working for you, plan B, right with the resolutions too. it's okay. And don't feel bad about it. Because I know we all know what you're we know what you're struggling with right now. So and if you are expecting to hear more from about our in gardens and our microgreens, we will have Natalie on the next podcast on our part two of our discussion. And if you you have listened to that first episode that came out a couple of weeks ago, just a reminder, you can always order one of these in-garden systems. I actually just grew my second bunch of stuff. Yeah, Uh, I did too. You know, you can uh, find that at ingarden.com and you can get a 15% discount just for being a listener to this show uh, by using the coupon code secret15 at checkout. Uh, And like I said, though, we'll get Natalie back for the next podcast as part two of our discussion. She's so interesting. She's so full of information. Uh, I know you won't want to miss it. Uh, And if you have other questions, other show ideas for us, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at dish at secretliferd.com. You can reach us on Instagram at the Secret Life Dietitians. And we will see you next time wherever you get your podcasts.